Welcome to the Law of Love podcast, where we discuss spirituality, personal development, energetics, and so much more. My name is Andrea Alejandre, and I'm here to amplify love and assist you in your self-healing journey. I'm glad our souls meet again. Hello, my loves, and welcome to another episode of The Law of Love. Today, I have one of the most special guests ever, Lauren from the Love, not the Law of Love, Lauren from Lauren of Love podcast. Today is going to be an episode full of love, full of just so much magic, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear her story. But as always, I can never do my guests justice. So Lauren, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us about you, where you're coming from, where you are going, all the magical, beautiful things that you do, because I've been watching you and wow, I am like blown away. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, Introductions are always such a funny thing, right? Because it's like, how do you even offer up who you are in like a conversation? But um, yeah, I hope that just resonates and carries through throughout this episode but to kind of put it briefly I am a self-healing teacher and my work that I do today which is very focused on spirituality as a component of self-healing was really brought about through my own initiation of having to heal myself and so I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot on the podcast I'm a um very big student of plant medicine. I've been sitting with plant medicines for the last three years. And uh, I, what else about me can I tell you? I love uh, spirituality, plant medicine, oracle cards, crystals, all the things. It's just a big part of my lifestyle. And I am a dog mom and have a beautiful husband and live between Connecticut and Sedona. So I founded this uh, beautiful mission of birthing it from a home called the heal program. And today I get to help women navigate their own self-healing journeys so that they can have true permission to be free within their bodies and their lives. Wow. Uh, so beautiful. So I recently moved to Sedona, which is actually where I am right now. Yes. Wait, what spa are you at? Are you at Namti? No, I'm actually the spa director and a massage therapist at the spa of Sedona. Oh my gosh. I have to come visit. I'm literally leaving for Sedona on Wednesday. Please. Oh my goodness. We could have done this in person. (laughs) That would have been so cool. Oh my gosh. Wow. So my journey has led me to Sedona and I've, I've actually, that's how I found you was I was looking for healers in Sedona. And at the time you were here and I was, I actually sent you a message a while ago, like, Hey, can you help me find community and, and spaces and stuff here in Sedona? And so that's how I started following you in your journey, but as everything, you know, you find someone and you connect and then you dive deep. And I went through like a deep rabbit hole of stalking you back as far as I possibly could. And I just fell in love. I was like fascinated and so inspired by your story, by the movement that you've created, because it really is like a self-healing movement. And I think that you have so many beautiful gifts that you bring to the table that no one else could do, right? Unless they had the same experience that you had. Like you have such a beautiful background in healing yourself that with that testimony and with the power that you have for yourself, you're empowering so many people. And oh, so I love it. amazing. So here for it. Okay. So yeah, um, again, like I'm gonna do my best to keep it super concise for because I know you have so many questions and I want to open up like a deeper conversation around all of it. But basically my journey to self-healing has been kind of a process my entire life. Like I think that uh, people who identify as being on a healing path, if they really look back, they can identify that through their childhood and through their their teenage years, they've been kind of uh, immersed in really difficult challenge or obstacle or health condition. So for me, my real uh, moment of trying to take my power back had first a lot to do with mental health. So Mm. Back when I was in college, uh, I was dealing with a lot of insecurity, a lot of not enoughness, and just really attracted men that didn't treat me well. And I ended up in a really very uh, traumatizing situation that led to me being raped. And it was a moment for me where I went through this really dark night, attempted suicide, and 
the years that followed after that, I was on all these different medications and identifying as somebody who had a mental illness, right? I searched for the label. I, okay, I'm bipolar. Okay. I have anxiety. Okay. I have depression. What is this label that I can put on myself so that I can feel like I have something to identify with? And I I really do think that that experience, because that lasted for me probably until the age of 26, when I first started my business and started really going deep into my healing path, I think that that process was a real initiation into a strong pillar of self-healing, which is that you don't have to put any label on yourself that you do not align with. And so, yes, I know it was like, I don't need this. Like, this is actually not who I am. And when I started business development in 2015, I, you know, I quit my job and I wanted to start a blog to share these parts of my life that I just talked about how to heal through things, how to overcome things. Um, I also felt this real strong desire to see what my life would be like if I wasn't on medications anymore. And I had been taking medication for so long and probably around, I would say, um, the age of like 27 or 28, I discovered plant medicine and I was like, what is this? Like, and I have been like deepening my spiritual path and getting curious. And I just had this feeling and this knowing that I wanted to go into a deeper relationship with myself through building a deeper relationship with what was outside of me, right? My consciousness, my universal connection source, whatever it may be. Um, And that really required me to come off of medication to really be in my own state of mind. And it was around that time coming off of medication, dabbling into the plant medicine world, tapping into my spirituality that I got hit with the darkest shamanic initiation of my life, manifesting what was labeled as chronic Lyme disease diagnosed as Babesia, Borrelia, and anaplasmosis, which are all co-infections of Lyme disease. Yeah. And that story is like a whole wild thing, which I'm sure we'll get into. But basically I went from being somebody who was very driven and very um, able to achieve and create a lot of wealth. And my business was exploding, but I internally was stressed, unfulfilled, burnt out, soul searching, feeling like I wasn't enough, you know, burning the candle at both ends. And then went through this transition of getting sicker and sicker and sicker with chronic Lyme disease. And because I had that study and understanding of what I had overcome with mental health, being told that I would be on medications for the rest of my life and now being medication free, I knew that whatever was moving through my body was my responsibility to release. And I went on this really deep path. I stepped away from an almost million dollar a year brand, helping women create financial freedom and abundance to really do the deep inner work so that I could walk in integrity and so that I could allow spirit to show me what I was truly meant to do. And so it was through that process of deep inner work, lots of prayers, lots of ceremony work, lots of plants that I was able to come out the other side with a fully healed body, symptom-free for over a year, which is so beautiful. And like, just to, to share like what my symptoms are, because I think that's like really important. I, at one point was sleeping 18 hours a day and lived on Mattress Island, like for weeks, unable to get out of bed, only to use the bathroom. I had this skin on fire rash that was so severe from the Lyme disease that my husband actually had to wrap my arms in cellophane because I was itching so badly. And I couldn't shower for more than a month because I was so inflamed. Um, I was losing track of my thoughts and words. So I couldn't form certain sentences and would forget things like my birthday or how, what the word coffee cup was. Like, I just couldn't remember, like, it almost felt like I was being attacked, but there's a whole different perspective I have now looking at all of it. Um, but yeah, I was, I had really severe symptoms and doctors couldn't help me. I went on this crazy journey to find answers and recognized that I had the power to heal myself the entire time. So that's where we are. And then the heal program was birthed and my mission just became so clear of like, 
I'm here to help women take their sovereignty back, take their power back, heal their bodies, heal their self-worth, heal their relationships with money and relationships and health and like all these things. So um, that's the work I get to do today. And that's what's brought us to this conversation. Wow. 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 I just, I love hearing it every time. And I'm actually really proud of myself because I did not cry this time. <laughs> I love you. You're so Again, sweet. I've heard it a few times and I'm always like, I te- it makes me tear up because the reality is there are so many people, women, women specifically, and people who identify as women and females, they go through so much and it's always this give, give, give. And very rarely do we actually see women empowered enough to take back and give give to themselves first and so I think that this is a huge a huge step in the way that we are going to move forward in this new paradigm in this new world is empowering our women which are the creators of, of life and are these boundaries energetically and spiritually between you know the spiritual realm and this this physical three-dimensional realm and so it's actually really funny that you brought up a shamanic death because I am very, very excited. I'm about to become a shaman of the Essene way, which has taken me so long to get through. And it's always like a learning journey, but it's it's been so beautiful to experience so many shamanic deaths and come back and feel that new like rebirth, that new energy, that new sense of belonging and like being here for a purpose. And that correlation of like, when you learn to heal yourself, when you start healing internally, you can actually start giving. So many times we feel like we're here to give, we're here to heal other people, but we don't turn that microscope inward and being like, I still have areas where I feel that I need to heal and I need to work through. And sometimes it can be freaking hard, like to heal ourselves. Like sometimes it seems easier to try and save the world than to be able to save ourselves. And you're just such a great example of like, once you start saving yourself, you can really step in your power and help other people so much more than you would be able to help if you were on your own, you know, sinking boat or whatever. So I wanted to ask you, because I know that you have also significantly been on like this health journey where you were, you look completely different. So all of the work that you have done spiritually and energetically has manifested itself so beautifully where you just glow like you just glow and it's not even it's not even like the weight it's not this it's not that it's it's all about who you are in your essence so can you talk about the transition of like your physical changing as well as the energetic and the um just your energetic body and all of everything and how it kind of coordinates together yeah yeah it's so funny like when I look back on photos of when I kind of started this journey and was opening up and I look at my eyes in those photos I'm like I like the eyes are the window to the soul and my soul was so trapped in like this cloudiness and you could just feel it Um, and I think that's something a lot of people can relate to where they feel kind of like trapped in their life or overwhelmed by what's presenting itself or like they're not reaching their fullest potential and like there's something more um yeah for me I I came to realize I think with the the problems of like this western world that we operate in and I I say western world because it's like our world is run by western ideology right like all of it but this concept that relates to medicine, which is very symptomatic, Mm -hmm. you know, we're really in this place of like, let's find a symptom and let's treat it. And most of our Western medical system is really based on that route. And it's really unfortunate because you will go down a rabbit hole of treating symptom, treating symptom, treating symptom, never really asking yourself like, okay, well, what's causing this? And oftentimes in my experience with doctors, it was never a question that they really cared to answer. So I think for me, one of the first things I really had to do um, and to just share like also the the grand scope beyond what was happening for my body, right? Because I was chronically fatigued, severe joint pain, wasn't able to drive because my eyes were so bad and Uh, couldn't walk at times, like that was all happening, but it was also this very emotional process. Like it felt like um, this fog was over me and my life. And I was just like being attacked by something. And that's also a conditioning of program that we've received from Western culture, which is like, um, if you are, if something is happening to you, it's like, 
what, what are they saying? Oh, your body is just has a weak immune system. So it's something wrong with the body that you've been in, or, um, it's just Lyme disease is just something that you, you got, and it's outside of you and you attracted it. And so there's all these concepts that really program us to believe that like, we're a victim of what we've been given Mm -hmm. and we just have to cope and deal with it. And I had really severe, uh, poor relationship with food as a part of this component. I was binge eating a lot, had a really, um, low metabolism, right? Like all of these things. So all of this was rooted in the perspective that I just had dysfunction that I thought I had to just deal with for the rest of my life. I thought I had to deal with always being sad. I always thought I had to deal with, you know, life feeling like it was never enough or my low immune system or whatever it may be. So the first step was really just taking that power back and just recognizing that I and my soul have the ability to command my body. And when we talk about like, spiritual concepts. And we even do this separation pattern in our study of spirituality. And we say, well, there's the body, then there's the mind, and then there's the spirit. And then we like have these separate things that we're trying to work through. But my perspective that I developed through my self-healing journey was that the soul is actually at the center commanding all of those things. Right. And it's not until you actually learn how to use that soul-driven spiritual energy that exists within you, that you can actually start to make changes to your physical body, to your money manifestation, to anything that shows up in your 3D. So I started to really become aware on the body level of what I was doing to my physical body and the chemicals I was putting in my body through food and through um, really poor quality supplements and, uh, non-purified water and spending too much time on technology, which was freaking out my mind. Right. So there's a lot of like cleanup that I had to start to take ownership for. And that's like the sweeping through, you know, like, let me sweep through and clear out what I've been doing. But there was also a lot of inner exploration that took place. And when people look at me and they say, wow, you're physically so different my first thought is like, that's internal, right? Like that expression as above, so below, as within, so without. And because it's all created from an internal experience, I knew that I needed to do the internal work. And what was really at the source of my internal work was sexual trauma, was um, wounds from childhood, dysfunction and receiving love from my mother and my father, bullying that I received as a child, all of these things that were suppressing me and really preventing me from coming into wholeness with myself. So that was where my plant medicine path really started to expand me and shift me because I was able to go into my subconscious and really start to understand what was playing out. And the more I did that work, the, you talked about this shamanic ego death, right? You're going to sit with plant medicine, get ready to die a million times, right? Like that's, you got to be ready for it. I, I have, I went through that process over and over and over again. And at some point you start to recognize that suffering and pain are two different things, you know, and, and we can choose to avoid the things that are uncomfortable because we don't want to suffer, but uncomfortability doesn't necessarily mean that you will suffer. It can also mean that you will become the best fucking version of yourself. Right. So I just kept going deeper and deeper and it brought me to where I am today. And um, I'm truly grateful for all of it. It's been a wild ride. Yeah. Wow. I think that you said something so beautiful and that's with regards to pain because there are growing pains. And I will say when you get on this path and when you really want to up-level your life and change things to your core, whether that be, you know, you start off externally, maybe like you want to lose weight and by losing weight, you're starting to realize it doesn't matter how much weight you lose. It's internal, that internal feeling of still not being valid, still not being capable Mm. of being loved comes from within. And so no matter what you change on the outside, you have to change the inside but none of it comes without growing pains. And the more that we start to want to dive deep, again, the more that we're going to die over and over and over in losing parts of our identity, sometimes losing relationships that no longer serve us, leaving places that no longer serve us to be able to up-level to this next level. And I think that 
sometimes we think spirituality is all about, you know, high vibes and good times and hanging out and, you know, drum circles, which is fantastic. And we love those good moments, but it also comes, I would say with equally, equally, at least in the beginning moments of loneliness moments when you have to dive deep and allow yourself to sit with source, sit with ourselves and say, where within am I not honoring myself? Where am I breaching my own sovereignty by, and it can be the small things. It could be, you know, small things and not small things like the, the um, supplements that you were mentioning that weren't that great. The, you know, areas that you were hanging out with that weren't that great. The water you were drinking, it seems small, but all of these little things are breaching our sovereignty and it's going to hurt when we're changing things over, when we're, we're restructuring our life, it's going to hurt. And I think that not being afraid of the growing pain, but separating what needs to hurt so that we can evolve and kind of be put through that fire. So we come out better versus what is being put upon us by other people that should not hurt and is not okay. And is you also getting your sovereignty breached because you're, you know, not, not that you're putting yourself in that situation, but it's, you're being put in that situation and it is breaching your sovereignty, sovereignty. And it's also creating these like micro tears in our energetic field, in our soul, in our aura, where maybe they're little T traumas, but they're going to affect us. You were talking about the girls who were bullying you in that moment. That might not seem like a big deal, but it is so catastrophic when it's one thing after another thing, after another thing. And so I think that it's really important, like you just said, to differentiate between that type of suffrage and the type of pain that we will go through, through our expansion. But on the other side, it's so worth it and it's so beautiful and it is, mm-hmm. it's really making us so much more magnetic. So other than plant medicine, what other tools did you utilize? And I know I've looked at your heal program, so I know you've got a bunch of magic incorporated, yeah. but I know you have other things. So if people aren't ready to stay, step into that plant medicine quite yet, what other things do you recommend for them to start? Yeah. So you need to find your medicine and that process of exploration is such a personal journey. Um, one of the things that I found to be really cool about this process, when I reflect on my own timeline, there was a, an ayahuasca ceremony that I had that was very profound. And when I came out of it, I had this understanding that I was meant to make this program called heal. So still being in the medicine and still being tapped in, I went into a deep prayer and asked the medicine, what is this process that you have been putting me through? Because I think that while plant medicine is so beautiful, it is also something that can feel very scary to a lot of people. It is very uncomfortable to surrender and to let go and to go into that. And I had to do a lot of work to prepare myself to be even considering having these experiences, right? So I asked grandmother ayahuasca, which is, you know, if you talk about the spirits of medicine, the spirit of ayahuasca is very grandmotherly. That's kind of the energy that she is described as. I asked her to show me the steps of what she had been putting me through because I wanted to take those steps and put them into a tangible practice for people. And right out of the gate, it became very apparent to me that any level of transformation required a transformation within the body, a transformation within the emotional state, and a transformation within our spiritual connection. And it's through achieving and integrating and working in those three areas that you get any result that you desire, right? So I started to map out this program and could see where she had been taking me. And one of those first pieces is to number one, get really clear about what you define and what you see as a healed life. And intuitively, you know, I think we say like healing just means I'm super vibrant all the time and I'm happy and I'm healthy. And I like never worry about anything. Life is peachy, right? Like we just want this like magical unicorn life. But the truth is that through, just like we talked about before, through heavy challenge, through resistance, through energetic storms, so to speak, in our life, we come out ascended if we're doing it right. Some people don't do it right. So we need to study our relationship with how we navigate the world. We need to learn how to make space for ourselves, how to put ourselves first, how to tend to our needs, and how to gently 
it's not always gentle, but how to gently step into a path of looking at what you have been through in your life. And I think the biggest issue that people are going through in the personal development field and in the healing, you know, I could ask my audience right now, how many of you are on a healing journey? And I would get like 98% yes. But when you ask all of those people, like, what does that mean to them? It's like, well, I read some books and I've like done some breath work and maybe I've gone to a plant medicine thing. Healing is an immersive experience. It's a container, right? So if you're not giving yourself a space and portal to step in and step out, you feel like you're constantly doing the work and you feel um, like you're not getting anywhere. So we need to do healing differently. We need to foundation is actually number one and immersion. It's an immersive experience. And then on the other side is the integration. It's the application of all of the miracle moments and ahas, right? So just piggybacking off of that, right? To go a little bit deeper, I started to look at the emotional things that I've been through in my life. And I walked through a process that I now walk myself through of looking at the inner child and in meditation, forgiving her and meeting her and seeing what emotion she's carrying and seeing what memories she's still holding on to. I like to look at all of these parts of us as spiritual entities, like the seven-year-old you, the 12-year-old you, the 24-year-old you, she, they're all around you, right? They're all around you. So can you form good healed relationship with each of those parts of you? So walking things, walking yourself through uh, processes of like studying your relationship with inner child work. Uh, something I teach in the HEAL program, which I don't really see much of in the online space is that concept of inner teenager work. You know, there are certain parts of us that we have abandoned in our teenage years, or we have um, become wounded in from our teenage years, whether that's our sexuality or the way we see ourselves. So um, we need to just go back and reclaim. And that can be done in so many different ways. Meditation, guided on these principles, journaling around who these parts of you are and what their needs are. And you know, really asking the question, like if I was fully healed in my life, what would my relationship be with all parts of me? What would my relationship be with money? What would my relationship be with health? What would my relationship be with my body or my mind or my family or my mom or my dad or my partner, right? Because it's through the interaction of the 3D that we actually get the signs and signals of what's going on internally. So we can use that kind of as a guide. And then finally, I would just say for anybody who's really exploring or deciding to go deeper uh, and maybe doesn't want to tap into plant medicine, but really wants a container to surrender and experience a high frequency, any type of sound healing is super profound. Drumming is a total medicine game changer. It's been huge in my life. And uh, breath work. Breath work is a really beautiful thing as well. And a static dance because the body holds on to so much. So we really want to give ourselves space to experience modalities that support the movement of trapped energy. Make sense? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. That was, there was so much goodness in all of that. So Yay. first of all, I know that we both recently started diving deep into the raw material, the law of one, which is so funny that we started it about the same time. I'm listening to them on YouTube. I haven't invested in the books quite yet, but I'm going to, because these are something that we want to go back to all the time. It's so good. And raw actually calls us the humans, the three-dimensional experience. We are called to them. I believe it's the mind body spirit complex. And so the fact that they are into they're, they're saying all these three different things tells us how important it is to integrate the mind, the body, and the spirit in our day-to-day -day world. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, as much as we want to ascend into 5d and we want to become this very spiritual, very enlightened being, we are on this planet for a reason. And the lessons that we're here to learn will definitely have something to do with our experience in being in our body and that level of embodiment, right? Like we're learning so much and we're constantly being given information 
And something that I love that you said about your program is it's not just receive, receive, receive and take in. It's how can you implement this into your life? How can this be an embodied practice to where it's actually going to be effective? Because we can read all of the books on every single thing that has to do with spirituality. But then if we're not doing anything with that, if we're not either teaching it to other people so that it really sinks in deeper or putting it into action in our day-to-day lives, then then what's the point? What's the mm. purpose? Are we making these, are we doing the movements just to do the movements or are they actually going to take an effect, not just on us, but everyone as a whole? Another thing that Ra really talks about is how by, if, if one is enlightened, aren't we all enlightened? If one is mm. learning, aren't we all learning? Because at the end of the day, we really are all one. And I think it's so powerful and it's so potent that people are waking up to healing themselves. But one thing to recognize is when we do the work for ourselves, we are not only empowering other people to do the work themselves, but also through this, it's almost like osmosis. It's like funny the way that we work. We're helping heal the collective, which right now more than ever is so, so necessary. Yes, this is this is pure collective work. And like, if you look at the grand scheme of things and what has kind of gone over on over the last couple of years, you know, with with health and with the challenges that we faced in society, I think there has been like, just as an example, our lungs are a representation of grief, right? And being put in this place where so many people were unable to leave their homes right? I'm very blessed that I have a lot of privilege in my life, right? I built a very successful business. I was living in Sedona where there were very few restrictions. I could travel back and forth to Connecticut and live on two acres of land and not have my lifestyle be affected because I work from home. But it really forced people to go into isolation and face themselves. And I think that we could tell ourselves these like really stupid story. They're not stupid. They're totally valid, but these stories of like corruption and fear and control and all of these things, but we can also be like, wow, this is actually pushing me forth to my healing. This is actually my dark challenge. That's actually illuminating where I need to go. And I think that for so long, our Western society approach has been conditioned to numb and to avoid and to escape. Because if you're doing those things, you are not releasing the heavy energy that exists in your body or holding on to it. And that's what keeps the planet vibration really down and really low. And when you're low, you can be controlled, right? So this idea of like coming back online, it's a very collective experience that we are all facing right now in this season. And part of that expansion, the the truth of it from from my strong belief and just what I've seen from my students is that you have to feel to heal. And this concept that I had to go back and relive and feel again, all of the things that I had been through was so hard for me. Like I was like, no, I do not want to do that. And it's funny because so my path, I'll just share a little bit about this. My path with ayahuasca, right? Ayahuasca is a purgative medicine. And the whole concept is uh, there's many different aspects of working with this medicine, but one of the pieces of its foundation is purging. And it's this concept of I'm going to purge and clear out what's trapped in my body through vomiting, right? It's a very sacred, beautiful process. There's nothing to be like freaked out about or anything like that. But I did 11 sits before I ever purged. And every single time I was like, I knew what I was working on. I was working on trauma and I was like, get this out of me. Like, I don't want this trauma that I've been through to live in my body anymore. I want it to get out. I want it to get out. And one particular ceremony, I had uh, the memory keep coming up and it was coming up over and over again. And I went up to my teacher in the middle of the medicine sit, very in the medicine. And I just said, you know, I have a question. Like, do I, do I really need to feel this to, to heal it? Like, do I really have to kind of thing? And, and he took a deep breath and he nodded and he was like, "Mm, mm." he gave you like that deep, like, "Mm," you know, and then he spoke and he said, yes, but you feel it from a different perspective. You feel it in the observation of what you've been through. And then like, right as he said that, I saw what I was going, what I went through and I, I wasn't experiencing it or reliving it from the body. You know, I was, I was experiencing it from a separate place, from a place of like 
grief and sadness for what that poor little girl had to go through. And I used my body to actually release the emotions that energetically she was holding on to, right? Because she's still a spirit in my energetic field. So this is like part of that work. I just feel like it's a helpful metaphor to explain like you, you may not want to go back and relive something, but you also have to understand that if it's something that has been debilitating you, like my sexual trauma was debilitating me immensely. I had such fight or flight in my body, constantly stressed about money, constantly stressed about my husband leaving me, constantly stressed that I wasn't enough, constantly overeating to protect myself, right? So I had these like deep patterns that were so rooted in my trauma. And had I not gone back to get uncomfortable, to actually use my body to release, I would not be where I am today. So I just share that because I really do think part of this journey is about, uh, you know, being able to recognize that what coming, what is coming up for you, what's manifesting in 3D is coming up to be released. It's asking for you to look at it. And my signals of conflict with my marriage, money stress, binge eating, all of these symptoms were actually an unintegrated aspect of self. I hadn't grieved for that part of me, you know? and brought her back home. So that was so profound. And then I perched and it was great. And it was like (laughs) the moment that changed everything for me. So yeah. um, Yeah. Just felt called to share that. Be afraid to go deep. I think is what I really just want to say. I have full body chills. First of all, I am actually currently struggling with some of the sexual trauma that I have endured in the past. And it comes up in phases. I feel like sometimes I feel like I've, I've released at, at a phase where I'm capable of releasing and that's where I'm at for right now and until I step in deeper then I can release the next phase but I'm having a lot of it come up currently right now so it's really I'm thank you for sharing that because I it gave me a different perspective and what kept coming up for me was radical responsibility stepping up for yes you were not like you are not at fault for what happened to you, but it happened. So now taking radical responsibility in healing yourself and healing the fact that this is coming up and no one else is going to do the work for you. And if you really want to make those leaps and take those, you know, next steps, you have to take responsibility for your own your own shit, like your own stuff. Like no one can come in and save the day unless you are ready to be saved. And it doesn't, no one can just swoop in, like even plant medicine, right? You just said, I did it so many times, but it wasn't until you really were able to fully process that. And it took you stepping into that state of, I'm going to accept that I have to feel it for it to release. And so this is just yeah. such a beautiful, beautiful example. Thank you for sharing such a deep yeah, emotional so level. I also wanted to talk a little bit more about plant medicine because I think it is such a beautiful, beautiful tool. And this is it, right? It's a tool. Everything that we give is our tools at the end of the day. The only thing that can heal us is ourselves and source. And so plant medicine, the type of shamanism that I do, I actually do not do any plant medicine. It's all energetic and it's all through my own energetic field. And I do it that way because I have had instances where I have abused substances in the, in the past. I have been called recently to do plant medicine. So if you're in Sedona, we'll have to like connect and talk about that um, later on. But where I wanted to get to with plant medicine is I think that what you brought up was so important, how much you had to work to get to the point where you could accept grandmother ayahuasca and accept her power and accept her potency and accept her medicine. But it wasn't like, you know, you just got there and she did all the work or you didn't have to do anything to get to that level. It's you worked on yourself on so many different areas and so many different ways before you knew that you were ready and that the medicine wouldn't just be, not that it's ever wasted, but it's like, how much can you actually get out of it if you're not rooted, if you're not connected, if you're not understanding. And so I did want to bring that up because so many people talk about plant medicine, like, oh, you know, you just do this one ceremony and now you're healed. And it's like, no, 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 no. You need to, you need to integrate so many other aspects of yourself before you can get to a place where plant medicine is, is actually going to be helpful Mm -hmm. and instrumental in your self healing. Yeah. You know, I think that's, again, just that Western perspective of like, I'm going to take something and I'm going to get a result. And I really like, 
there's this thing that like kind of uh, I don't want to use the word trigger because it's not like a trigger, but it just it brings up a little bit of a shadow in me when somebody says, oh, I'm going to take ayahuasca or I'm going to do ayahuasca. It is like I'm going to do acid or I'm going to do LSD. Right. Or like I'm going to take LSD. There's like this language that can be very um you know, uh, disempowering in many ways, you know, and I think that a lot of people, like, we have to remember the paradigms that we operate in. And one of the paradigms is that, like, I noticed this in my parents, like my, a lot of immigrants, when they came into this country, they, they immersed themselves in cities, right? Like my family is all from New York. So they went from being right off the boat in Italy to getting immersed in this like industrial complex and received this programming that like the earth was bad, like, Mm. or it's dirty or like those animals or like they carry diseases or like, don't touch that plant. It might get you sick. Right. Like all of this stuff that keeps us really separated from nature. And the truth is that nature actually has everything that we need to heal. So there's that. And then there's also the programming around drugs. And that has been very instilled, right? Like even my programming, I get, I get tripped out sometimes around fears of getting into trouble, right? Because there is all of this programming that we have been blasted at, like, um, dare as kids, right? (laughs) Right. Like just all this shit. And so, um, my perspective of, of medicine is to use the language. Um, and I started to do this when I began my journey, I'm sitting with grandmother ayahuasca. I'm sitting with combo. I'm sitting with hape because what you're doing is coming into a place of stillness to be in the presence of a certain medicine of an, a very angelic realm. Um, and all of these medicines are our allies. They're all here to help us and we need to build relationship with them. It's not about having like, for me, the, the saying that always reigns so true is that 30% of the work is the actual sit and 70% of it is the integration. And that applies to any layer of facilitation, whether that's non-plant medicine related shamanic work or breath work or uh, a deep tantric healing or yoga or sound. It's like that is 30%. What are you going to do with that when you get home? And this is like where you deal with what's called corrections from the universe, where you will get guided you know, you will deal with layers of integration of embodying certain emotions and releasing others. Yeah. I mean, let's get into it. You want to talk about plant medicine? Where, where do we go? There's so much to talk about. Ask, ask me anything, sister. I'm an open book. Do it. Yeah. yeah. So I think that also, I just, I want to, I want to thank you for educating even me. Cause I hadn't, I had heard that in the past, but I think the way that you explained it is again, is a way that I can take it and now implement it and integrate it into my own vocabulary. So thank you for educating me and for doing yeah. it in such a loving way. Um, oh, I didn't mean to educate you. I'm no, happy I did. <laughs> I, I love it. And I, I think that this is what we're here for, right? Like I'm here to learn from you just to like everyone who's listening is here to learn from you. And so I, I, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you with regards to plant medicine, when did you take that step? What parts of you did you find that really needed to get released both before you were ready to actually have the sit with grandmother ayahuasca and all of the other ones? And also how did you find that it implemented and changed your life afterwards? Yeah. So, um, I think that the medicine calls everybody in very different ways. Uh, I think that also kind of depends on your human design and the way that like you show up in the world. And, you know, I am a projector, which means that I respond to invitation. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because when I look back on my medicine experiences to a T, it has always been the introduction of that medicine was an invitation. And it started with mushrooms because at the time I had a very good friend. She's still my very good friend, but at the time she was introducing me to the study of this. And she was telling me, yeah, like I sit with mushrooms and I do this and I do that. And like, and I was like, what you spiritual mushrooms? Like, I don't understand. Like, that's crazy. And I had heard about ayahuasca and I had heard a little bit about bufo and just what you see on, on, 
the information available to you on these concepts, like on Vice or on YouTube, it's like you're watching something very dark and very weird and very right. traumatic and super like taboo, super taboo. So I was very like, uh, no, like, I don't want to do any of that stuff. But at the time I was so fed up with this lack of like, my heart was like very, very blocked from my husband. And I was really struggling with opening up and like being in this state of peace in our relationship. It feel, it felt like I was always bringing up something that was wrong. Nothing he ever did was good enough. I was feeling not enough. I was questioning the marriage, all of this stuff. And so my friend invited me, she said, why don't you come to my home and I will facilitate a mushroom ceremony for you guys. And it was so beautiful. I remember just looking at my husband and he was just there with like his doughy eyes. And I was just crying. Like, I love you so much. You're so My heart was just so open. And that was where I really, you know, started to see that like this medicine, when you combine it with a prayer and a strong intention, like that was, I think that was the indication for me that working with these medicines is not just, I'm going to take this to experience it. It's I'm going to sit with this medicine. I'm going to work with this medicine on a deep prayer and intention I have for myself. And you focus when you're in that process, you're focused on that. So that was where I first got introduced. And then that led to um, women's circles, mushroom sits. I started to, a group of sisters and I started to travel and started to experience mushroom sits and like really get a taste of working with the medicine. And man, like, let me just say like full disclosure, what a hard learning on space holding and proper facilitation when all y'all are new, like it was wild. The stuff that we had to learn about energy and clearing and creating a sacred protected portal. And like, just, I could talk for days about all the lessons we learned there. But in one of those trips specifically, one of the sisters that was in the container said, yeah, I really want to sit with ayahuasca. And we watched a documentary uh, at this gathering that we were all together for. And that was it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I was terrified. I spent three months in dieta prepping my body because that's what they suggest you do. If you're going to sit, you need to go through dieta, which is a very clean diet. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Costa Rica and sat in my first four ceremonies. And then the rest was history. Um, I've sat, I think to date, like probably 50 times with ayahuasca and uh, maybe the same for combo. I've actually served combo medicine now. So I think my numbers are a little bit higher, but I just share that because I'm not an expert by any means. There are people who've been sitting for years and years and years, but the work that I am doing with grandmother ayahuasca and combo medicine, they work together and they are, they change my life like every single day. Like I am shown a pattern or I am shown an insecurity or I am shown a bad habit or a poor low vibrational habit. And I am more honest with myself than I've ever been. I'm more self-aware than I've ever been. Any symptom I ever had around mental health, anxiety, overwhelm, stress, depression, bipolar tendencies, all of it has been eradicated completely. And this is coming from somebody who is on, you know, my mental health challenge years, I was on like seven different medications at once to combat the issues I had. So, um, it has just, it's just been a, it's brought me into myself. And I think that is really grandmother. Ayahuasca is known as, um, a medicine of the shadow. Mm -hmm. She is shadow work. She shows you where you are stuck. She shows you where you're walking out of integrity. She's showing you your wounds and what needs to be healed. She's not afraid to say it straight, you know, mm-hmm. like my grandmother, she's not afraid to tell it like it is. And grandmother, I ask is the same way. So uh, it's just a continued study of walking in the prayer. And I look at the work that I'm doing now in my life that feels so soul centered and so mission driven and so connected to my truth. I would not be here doing this if it wasn't for these medicines. So um, yeah, it has, it's been a game changer, not to make this a whole like marketed, like sign up for ayahuasca conversation, but yeah. I, I just really do bow to, um, the work that it has allowed me to do in my yeah. life. 
And I think the people that have been thinking about it or it has been, you know, coming up in their psyche, this might be just be another reminder or it might be an introduction, you know, it yeah. just might be something that. Yeah, I do. It's really important to me. I know this isn't like a place where we wanted to go in this dialogue, but it is really important for me just to speak to like one component of this, which is safety. Yeah, please do. I really do think that in, in my study, having experienced multiple facilitators, have, having sat in multiple places, it's very, very important to be walking with this on this medicine path, going to facilitators that you trust and having the education around it, right? Like if anybody is curious, I'll just say, I have a plant medicine masterclass that walks people through like all of the pieces, the, the soul connection and spirit of the medicine, safety, preparation, all this stuff. But just for the purposes of this conversation, like if you are going to sit, please get to know your facilitator and ask the question, because regardless of whether or not that person is safe, whether or not you feel safe will dictate the experience that you have. So it's very, very important. And to do these things in containers where you have all of your questions answered, and yes, there's a lot of unknowns, but just being an advocate for your own safety and your own safe space. I cannot stress that enough. I've seen a lot of things go wrong. And I just want everybody who is exploring this path of like letting your consciousness fractal out that like you have a safe container. So yeah, that's all I'll say for that. Cause I know we're wrapping up on time, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah just please make an effort to uh, get educated on your, sh- your facilitator, know the difference between a shaman, a shamanic practitioner and a facilitator. They are very, very different and they all really affect the container. Ask your facilitator how long they have been serving. Do they have permission from the tribes to be serving? What, what lineage are they serving? Uh, how, how long have they been sitting with the medicine before they served, right? Like these are very important things. So, um, ask them. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Is there anything that you would like to share? Any last minute thoughts, anything you're being called to, to say before we wrap up? No, I think just follow your heart. Like just trust that your heart, whatever it's calling you to it, it's, you deserve to walk in integrity with that in your life. And you deserve to trust that knowing that what is moving through you as a desire is actually your destiny and just honoring that perspective. I really invite anybody to do that. Who's listening Mm. to the show. I love it. Thank you so much. And then the final question, where can people find you? How do they get more of you? Oh, that's so sweet. Um, Yeah. So I love Instagram. My handle is Lauren of love. And I also have a podcast called the Lauren of love podcast. And if you go to laurenoflove.com, you can actually see on the podcast link there an organized um, like category of podcasts. So if you do, if you're like, I want to learn more about plant medicine, just go to the website, laurenoflove.com, click the podcast section, and you'll literally get to see all of the organized posts or episodes related to plant medicine, ayahuasca. I share my very first ayahuasca journeys, literally recorded these like right after my sits. So you get to like be immersed in that and stories of combo medicine, uh, how I, how ayahuasca helped me with my sexual trauma. So there's just a lot to explore. So, um, yeah, Lauren of love on Instagram, the Lauren of love podcast and Lauren of love.com. Mm, well, thank you so, so, so much. I am just so honored to have you here and congratulations. I saw that you joined the Manifestation Babe program as yeah, girl. So, we're excited to the amazing thing. So ready to grow. So ready to grow. Thank yeah. you so much for coming. Make sure you hit that follow button to never miss an episode. Share and tag to let me know that you're listening or share with someone that you know needs to be a part of this movement. To get the most out of this community, your community, I encourage you to join the exclusive Law of Love Community Facebook group and follow the podcast on Instagram at lawoflove.podcast. You can also send me an email at hello at lawoflovecommunity.com. If you would like to help support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon and get exclusive perks. 